and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, LDG, and today we will be discussing the U.S. Women's National Team's most recent encounters against European powerhouses in Spain and England. Before you get into the episode, I have a special message that you need to hear about. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts by clicking the three dots on the top right-hand corner of your screen, which will give you a drop-down option to follow. You can also support us by following on Instagram, where our account name is The Women's Soccer Podcast, with underscores in between each word. Thank you so much, and let's get back into the episode. All U.S. Women's National Team fans would agree that Well, these last few games have been a little bit of a disappointment. Here's a stat that will shock you. In the last 104 games, the U.S. Women's National Team has won 89, drawn 11, and lost 4. This is the first time that they've lost two games in a row since March 2017. So, in their last 104 games... They've won or drawn 100 of the 104 times, which shows you how dominant the U.S. Women's National Team has been before and, you know, how it's kind of changing a little bit due to the fact that it's getting more competitive. There's more people that are investing in women's soccer, which is leading to more countries being, uh, you know, um, being a little bit more competitive against the U.S., you could say. It's going to be a big year for women's soccer as we're we're all preparing for the World Cup, but I do think that all the countries are doing a pretty good job preparing, but the U.S. has been a little bit shaky. You know, those games were not great. I'm going to mainly focus on the England game in this episode because... Let's be honest, no one wants to talk about that Spain game. That was a not a showing that, you know, you would associate with the U.S. women's national team very often. So I'm going to focus on the England game. I will touch on the Spain game, but the Spain game, to be honest, if pretty much everyone on the U.S. had a pretty um, not great evening. I'll leave it at that. But... The U.S. Women's National Team versus England game, I wasn't surprised about that one, to be honest. England has been so good recently. When I saw they were missing Leah Williamson and Alexia Russo, I guess I just assumed the U.S. would have more depth, and I knew that there would be no Alex Morgan, no Mal Pugh, but at the same time, I was still confident-ish about the game, but I still... I had that. I did predict that England would win 3-1. It ended up being 2-1. So, it wasn't that surprising to me. But I was really surprised in the way that Vlatko managed his substitutes bench. I thought that was a pretty surprising uh, tactic, tactical approach that he did. Um, In that game against England, I didn't really see him bringing on anyone who I really thought was changing the game enough in my opinion if you look at the subs that they made um their first sub that they made was Andy Sullivan for out and Sam Coffey in that was a good sub because Andy Sullivan in my opinion is not 
having a great stretch with the U.S. She didn't do great this year in the NWSL, but the Spirit didn't do great either, so you can't really pin that on her. But at the same time, it's still a big problem for the U.S., that central defensive midfielder position. I think Sam Coffey is the one to fill it. That's just my opinion. If you're looking towards the future, you have Jalen Howell competing with her, and that's a thing you could see maybe Macario. And in the future, Macario and Coffey push higher up with Howell a little back. But um, that's like that, that would be, just to clarify, very far down the line. Like when Rose, Lavelle, Horan... They're all, you know, that whole midfield crew would be if they were gone. But I still think Coffee right now is one of the best defensive midfielders. These first two subs made sense. Huerta and Haley Mace were getting beaten alive. Um, they had a horrible game, those fullbacks. Mace was the sole responsibility of that penalty kick. It was such an unnecessary penalty. She just raised her boot high going for the ball. Such an idiotic way to give up such an important chance to England and it's they they pretty much handed the them a free goal that's just what happened the U.S. handed England that game England was not dominant in the second half I thought their finishing was woeful to be quite honest they really could have gotten more um but I think that game was very you know there's a lot of pressure on both teams I guess there wasn't really a lot of rhythm. It was very ping-pong-like. It was not like either team. It was bouncing back and forth a lot. So I was surprised to see England with 70% possession. But it does make sense, you know. The England was on the front foot pretty much the whole game. The U.S., though, it was a little bit controversial, I will say. That Trittany Rodman goal, that should have been a goal. And then that game would have, that would have completely changed the game. It would have been 2-2, and the U.S. still would have been in it. But now, after the Trittany Robin goal was offside, the U.S. struggled to really create any clear chances. A penalty kick for the U.S. was overturned by VAR. So, VAR was not in the favor of the U.S. The next sub is another one. The next two subs, I get, right? You bring in Ashley Sanchez. That makes some sense. You take out Trittany Robin. You get that a little attacking flair. I don't get why they put Becky Sauerbrunn in for Naomi Gurma. Naomi Gurma was the only defender on the U.S. all game, at least in my opinion, that was breaking up plays. Cook was getting beat every single time. If you're going to make a sub, put Cook um, on the bench for Sauerbrunn. And when you're losing 2-1, this is a competitive match. You want to put someone that can get goals. You shouldn't be subbing out a defender this late in the match. You already made one defensive sub, bringing Dunn in. The other sub that you made was another pretty defensive sub. And then the only two attacking subs were Ashley Sanchez, which is a good move, although she didn't really get involved that much, let's be honest. And... Alyssa Thompson, and I'm a very big fan of Alyssa Thompson. I think if she's in the draft, Gotham should draft her first. But let's be real with ourselves. She's 17 years old. It was not fair for Vlatko, in my opinion, to put her in that position. He put her in with seven minutes left. He's like, here's your debut. You have to score a goal in seven minutes. The amount of pressure that was on her was unright. 
for her first cap. He should have waited to let Spain game to play her for 90 minutes. And instead in the Spain game, he put out literally the same exact lineup, pretty much, except for, yes, he made a few changes. But let's be honest, none of those really made an impact. The, that game, the U.S. looked lost. They looked like they had no idea what they were doing. The only change he made was Casey Murphy, because he literally had to. Carson Pickett, I mean, he didn't literally, he wanted to rotate the goalkeeping. But Carson Pickett, that wasn't a choice. That was a decision made after Emily Fox was injured. That wasn't a choice. And then Huerta um, slid out for Mace. So two different fullbacks. But up top, there was no real firepower for the U.S. They didn't use DeMello, which I thought was a big miss. There was a missed opportunity. They should have played her more. They didn't use Mewis, who I might have a little bit of a bias because I'm a Gotham fan. Still should have used her more. Or just used her. They didn't use her at all. Um, that Spain game, to be honest, I turned it off after the 60th minute. I'm like, I can't. After Esther scored in 70, it was the 72nd minute, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. The U.S. were horrific in that match. And they would even admit that themselves. They've said it themselves. It's not their game. That was not their game. And that's all I'm going to leave it at. Some pros from this. There were a few players that I thought stands it out in that first game. Sophia Smith, she was very impressive. She got her goal. She created that second goal. I'm going to consider it a goal because we all know that was not offsides. No idea what the VAR team was doing. I understand it's a very hard job, but I'll leave it at that. That was a goal. We all know it was a goal. Um, she got kind of an, not an assist, but she helped lead to that second goal with that, um, like, what was it, like a little dummy? I guess not dummy, but you know what I mean. She created that. Um, Naomi Gurma, I mentioned this earlier at the back, so impressive. Her and Abby Dahlkemper on the wave, it just doesn't even seem fair when they're playing together. And the funny thing is, is the wave finished in third. They weren't even playing together all season with Dahlkemper being injured forever. Um, so, Grandma has proven she can hang on her own and she's going to be the center back of the, the century for the U.S. As I mentioned earlier, um, she's a great player. Two more um, obscure picks, I guess you could say. Trittany Rodman. Yes, her goal didn't count, but she made an incredible run. She was on sides by a mile, and she had a great finish, and that should have been a goal. Trittany Robin also, I know some people aren't a big fan of her, I guess, um, lack of defensive awareness, but I love it because I think what other people may consider lack of defensive awareness, I consider incredible defensive awareness some people are like oh i don't like that she's when i watch games with the u.s for example with family they're always like oh what why is she slide tackling so much it's it couldn't she get a red card and that is true you know sometimes she's she needs to learn how to pull back and not necessarily commit to the challenge but in that game against england i know she got the yellow card but i loved everything she did defensively she was feisty she was a ferocious and she was the one match that lit the fire for the whole game and that was a big deal for the u.s um yeah another one you know crystal dunn she was great when in my opinion at least when she came in for those last um the end of the second half i thought that she was the fullback that they were missing that whole entire game 
She should have been playing in the second match. I'm sorry. Carson Pickett did nothing in that game. She, um... The second game, I'm not, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I take that back. You can't pin the second game on one player. That was a team thing. But when Crystal Dunn played in the first game, she was the best fullback on the field. It was, for the U.S., it was so obvious. She was so much more skilled. She had so much more talent. She knew what she was doing, where the other players seemed very confused and lost at, for parts of the match, at least in my opinion. Haley Mace committed a very obscure foul in the box. Sofia Huerta wasn't bad, just wasn't the player we know how good she is. And Dunn, when she came in, I thought that really helped close off the U.S. defensively, and she helped them move the ball forward a little bit, but the midfield couldn't get it done. Players who struggled in that first match, I mentioned these earlier, three of them at least. Huerta and Mace thought they did not do a good job in that game. They're all both incredible young well, Mace is more of a younger player than Huerta, but they're both incredible players. And that was just not their best performance. Mace, you know, that was her one of her first games for the U.S. WNT, so I'm not going to judge it too much. You know, it's very scary playing in that environment. She's not as experienced with the U.S., um, but we've seen on the uh, level that she's played with with Kansas City, I... I think we all know she's good enough to be on the U.S. Women's National Team. It's just going to take time when you're adding these new players into the team. It will take time. Two more players. Alana Cook. That first goal was a disaster. That Lauren Hemp goal. That that should never, ever happen. It was an unlucky bounce. Nothing you can really do about it. You can't force it on Alana Cook. She made great. She has great IQ of the game. And you see that with the rain. You see that here where she makes a great sliding play just to flex off her foot. And a more experienced defender would have known, um, try and, like, communicate with your goalie a little more. Nair seemed a little out of position, but none of those goals were Nair's fault um, in that England match. Just two goals that, you know, she can't stop. And, yeah, Cook, I think the more she plays with the U.S., the more she's developed, but I still think she has a long way to go to fill the shoes of someone like a Becky Sauerbrunn or an Abby Doll Kemper because it seems clear that, you know, Becky Sauerbrunn, she's kind of passed the torch on a little bit and Abby Doll Kemper, for some reason that seems unexplanatory, she has not been called up for the U.S. for a while. So it seems like this pairing has filled the shoes. Very pro-Gurma. I am for the future and the long run, just to clarify, very pro-Alana Cook just didn't think that was her game and that's okay um my last one this is a very big controversial topic Megan Rapino. I thought that she did not really be as much of an attacking impact as you would have gotten with Pew um a few one twos on the wing she had one with Haran where the ball just got lost under her foot I said her last because it didn't really seem like she had a bad game but Megan Rapino is such a great player, and we know how good Megan Rapino is. She just has that winner mentality that some may have said Carly Lloyd possessed, Abby Wambach possessed, Mia Hamm possessed, Christine Lilly possessed. She has that. She was the winner of that U.S. 2019 team. No doubt about it. She was consistent every week in and a week out. My problem with her in this game, however, she just wasn't involved enough in front of goal. Megan has such a great 
whip on the ball, when she gets the ball at the top left corner of the box, you know, she can just whip in with the inside of her foot um, for a great cross, uh, or she can go for goal and cut inside. And that's what I think we've missed more of Megan with the U.S., uh, team. I think they've had to compromise that in order to give her more of a leadership coming in off the bench role. And I think that Megan in that game just really struggled to create many opportunities for the U.S. Uh, I think she, it wasn't that, I said her again, I said her last just to clarify, because it's not like she had a bad, really bad game that was like very obvious. It's just that Megan Rapino was so good. We know how good Megan Rapino is, and that just wasn't her best performance, I will say. Um, some changes to make. I think that Sour Bren for Cook is one you could think about and called Abby Dahlkemper up. Uh, that's a big thing. Sanchez for Haran, maybe, for the future. Uh, you know, I'm not... Just like, just try to new, try some new things out. And obviously, you can't experiment with the whole team. I was thinking you could drop Haran into that six. Take you could play Lavelle and Sanchez in the attacking midfielders. Take Sullivan out and put Haran in the six. That was my idea. And then a few players that I think should get should have gotten a look or gotten called up at least for the U.S. in this past window. It's kind of gone now, to be honest. Let's be real for ourselves. Um, Morgan Weaver. Great form at club team level. Me official, another player. These are all based on club level matches. Me official should deserve a nod for the U.S. She's a goal scorer. She scored a lot of goals in Mexico this past season. And she's a player, in my opinion, that really is missed by the U.S. Kind of a player, you know, 21 years old. She had 22 goals in her 28 matches this season in Mexico. Um, that's something I think that she should have gone a chance with, you know. She could have really tried to been a bigger presence for the U.S., and I think they missed a player like her, a big um, player that could body off a defender, that could, you know, really be one of those target forwards that's what they really miss you know she's five set only maybe only be five seven but her physicality is so incredible that I think I really missed a player like her on the field um yeah uh and other players more defensively Tatum Malazzo and A.D. Franch Malazzo had a great season in the NWSL so did A.D. Franch French has obviously been on the national team at the highest stage before, but, you know, I think she deserves to get called back up. And for Kingsbury, you know, Aubrey Kingsbury um, hasn't really gotten a chance for the U.S. And I think that it's just um, goalkeepers like Valentilis Joyce, for example, A.D. French, Katie Lund even, you could say, are players that did a little bit more this year in the NWSL, whereas Neger, Murphy, and... Uh, I'm not saying you completely switched the three, but Nayer Murphy and Kingsbury weren't as, you know, big this year. I think you got to trust Nayer. you got to trust Murphy. But Bledsoe, Aubrey Kingsbury slash Bledsoe, sorry, still used to Bledsoe, um, is, like, she's older, you know? Alyssa Nayer has played with the national team a lot. Um, so I've, And Casey Murphy, you know, she's still youngish. She still can be there for the future of the U.S. 
she's only 26 years old, and that's young for a goalie, mind you. So I think that you just need to make sure that she can get more opportunities with the U.S. It was great to see that she got one. Um, with in that game, uh, against the um, Spanish side, but she still could have gotten a few more opportunities. I think personally, that's just my personal opinion. She's been so good this season. Uh, I think she could really um, be a great player for the future of the U.S. Alongside Fallon, Tolis Joyce, um, Katie Lund, those players are the goalkeepers that I think I want to see at least in the future of the U.S. A few more players, um, Bethany Balser is another player. That generation of like late 20s I feel like has kind of been skipped a little bit. Balser, um, Savannah McCaskill, uh, I think could be one to argue for. Maybe um, you could even consider taking a look at someone like, uh, I don't know, um, Mitch Purse again. I know she didn't have a great season, but she's still a great talent, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, that's kind of my eyes. I, in my eyes, that's kind of who I see as some players that really could get a chance, or should at least deserve to get one more chance with the U.S. just to prove themselves. And Midge was Midge Purse, Margaret Purse was great in that off in that tournament in the summer. So. Yeah, anyway, those are some of the players I think that they could give a look to. I know it's late in the World Cup process, but I'm going to be attending their next match against Germany in um, New Jersey at Red Bull Arena. So hopefully they can turn it around, have a great November window, and I uh, hope I'll see some of you there at the U.S. Women's National Team game. Thank you so much, and peace out from your host, LDG.